Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you haven't listened to the last two podcasts, I encourage you to go back. This is not this will be a standalone podcast, but it's going to kind of build on what we've we've talked about. The last two podcasts, the one right before this was uh, uh, destroying doubt, and then the one before that was talking about um, faith. And and just to recap, we've been given a measure of faith by God, the measure of faith. The faith that you have is saving faith. You don't need more faith. We talked about needing less doubt. The Bible, the, the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. And he said, his response was, if you had faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you'd say to the sycamine tree, be plucked up by the roots and be planted over there and it would happen. Um, and then he said later, he said, if you said to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart. Doubt is what hinders. And so we talked about unbelief. We talked about doubt. We talked about dealing with doubt and unbelief. But I want to talk about, you know, there's the part that God has done, but our responsibility as Christians and as into um, what's our part. You know, the, devil's tr- the devil tries to make us live below the standard that God has for us. One way he does that is through unbelief. And really part of unbelief is, is ignorance, not knowing what God has made available. If you wouldn't be in the Word, if you wouldn't be listening to these podcasts, if you can say, hey, listen to these podcasts, I've realized things that I didn't know. And maybe maybe you haven't. Maybe there's been nothing that's come, but you still listen, right? But, but just reminding yourself cements what God has done on the inside of you. But if you say, man, there's things that the Lord showed me in the Word, if you wouldn't have taken the time. So there's responsibility on our part. There's a scripture that says, it's Second Peter uh, 3, verse 18, and it says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. You know, grace is a spiritual gift, so God has given it to us. According to Ephesians 1, 3, we've already been blessed with all the grace that we're going to need. But it's a matter of access. It's a matter of us growing in the grace. It's us walking in the grace. There's so much available. There's grace to never be sick ever again. But there's many Christians who get to heaven too soon because they didn't know that grace was available. And so it says, grow in grace and knowledge. There's another scripture in Second uh, Peter 1 verse 2, and it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. You see that a lot in the New Testament, right? Grace and peace, grace and peace must be important. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. It says how? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. God, the only the the main way we grow in grace is through knowing Jesus. It's coming to know who He is. James chapter one says, verse five says, uh, "If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally and abrades not." That's an important thing to see when you read the Bible. Keep your eyes open to the character of God. What is that saying? God's a generous giver. He gives liberally. It goes out of its way to say, he's not just he gives to everyone else. He gives liberally. That means he gives over the top. When you understand how much God has for you and what he wants you to access, he's not the problem. You're not praying a prayer and waiting for him to answer. He's saying, this is what's available. Go after it by your faith. I love that scripture in the New Testament. It says, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent violence and the violent take it by force. What is that saying? Hey, J- uh, John the Baptist, what did he come to do? He came to repair the way. So for the first time, the, the gates of heaven are now open. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. People are ru- storming the gates, right? And the violent take it by force. There's, there must be a violence to your faith to say, God, I'm not going to come up short of what you have for me. If my inheritance is healing, bless God, I'm going to walk in healing and supernatural health. If my inheritance is to lay hands on the sick 
and see them recover. Bless God, I will lay hands on the sick. I'm going after it by my faith. So the responsibility is not that God continues to pour out grace. It's that he's poured it out and we grow into the grace. We grow in, we grow in faith. We don't grow in the amount of faith. We grow in our, our faith effectiveness. You exercise your faith. It's like a muscle. Your muscle's there, right? You're not, you're, you're, your muscle's there. You're just, the, the, what you need is there. My child is you know, 18 days old now, right? But he's got everything he needs. He's got his feet. He doesn't get new feet. The feet are growing at this point, but there reaches a point where the feet don't grow anymore. But he will, he may be fast. He may be, you know, whatever. You can look at the physical ability of somebody, but but they grow, they grow into it. So when we look at what God has called us to do, it's our responsibility, number one, to grow in grace, to look and see what's available and to go after it. The second thing is uh, Jude uh, chapter 1, verse 20, and it says, And ye, beloved, stirring yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. That's not, you don't actually build faith through praying in tongues. Your faith is built through the Word. The only source of faith is the Word of God. You build yourself up into a place of faith. Ye, beloved, stirring yourself up, not stirring your faith up, stirring yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The devil tries to keep people at a place where they're in the, the mental realm, right? Your, your head, you're, you're always asking questions. That's where doubt originates, is in, in the thought life. Hebrews chapter 11. Let me find this scripture here now that I'm thinking of it. Um, man, I love the Holy Ghost. You begin to speak on a subject and he brings scriptures back to your remembrance that you weren't planning on talking about. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15, verse 14, and it says, For people who speak thus make it clear that they're seeking a country. If they had been mindful of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. You know, there's a place that you're coming from. You're, you're advancing in the kingdom of God. But if you fill your thoughts with who you were, with your former life, if you're filling your thoughts with hanging out with people or going to the club, you, you will have an opportunity to return. The opportunity will present itself. But if you look ahead and say, I'm going all the way with the Lord, I'm not looking back, I'm moving forward. If you do that, then you're, gonna, you're, you're only going to head in the direction that, you can, that, that you're supposed to go. I watched this documentary. You may, got, you may have heard about this guy. His name's, um, he's a Kenyan. He's a uh, marathon runner. His name's Kipchoge is his last name. And there was a um, documentary about looking to break the world record for a marathon. And the best time that's been run is um, for a marathon. Marathon's 26.2 miles. Uh, the best time that's ever been run is two hours, and it's about, I think, three minutes and some change. Two hours, two minutes, 57 seconds. And they were, it was called breaking two. The whole point of this thing that was put on was to get them to break two hours, which I know that doesn't seem like much of a difference. It's a three-minute difference. But if you think about the pace already, 26 miles, that's a four-and-a-half-minute mile pace over 26 miles. If you remember, Roger Bannister was the one, I think, who broke four-minute miles. It was like practically impossible. So imagine running that for 26 miles. Crazy. I'd be happy to run half a marathon in two hours. <laughs> but um, I was watching the guy and the guy who actually ended up doing it. In the documentary, he didn't. He messed it by 25 seconds. But just three months ago, he broke the record, right? Um, an hour, 59 minutes and like 41 seconds. Crazy, right? But he said this. He said, he said, <laughs> he said something that was pretty awesome. He said, you, if you don't rule your mind, your mind will rule you. 
He said, this is not about the legs. He was talking about running. He said, it's not about the legs. It's about the mind and about the heart. He said, if you don't rule your mind, your mind will rule you. He said, I tell my mind that I can do this. And that's such an interesting thing. The man has a, a, a grasp on the fact that your mind is not you. You are not your mind. I know it's the center point of your thoughts. And the Bible says the mind needs to be renewed. But there comes times where you have to tell your mind what to think. Mind, I'm not thinking of my past. Mind, I'm not going to backslide. I'm not leaving this place and going to fall back into sin. I'm not giving place in my thoughts for those things. I'm denouncing them in my thoughts. I'm not being mindful of the country that I came out of. I'm not being mindful of of who I once was. Maybe that's all I am. Maybe that's all I'll ever be. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead to a time of great exploits. I'm looking ahead to a time of great provision. I'm looking ahead to a time in the presence of God. You know, for all of us, there's the finish line of this race, and that finish line is heaven, and it's eternal life. And what the devil tries to do is not to try to, in the most case, he's not trying to just derail people with this huge like frontal assault to get them to go uh, do cocaine. And, you know, he's not going to try and bring a temptation like that, but he will slowly pull you away, slow and steady. There's a book that C.S. Lewis wrote called Screwtape Letters, and it's very interesting. It's written from the perspective of, um, it's written from the perspective of two, uh, two demons communicating. And it's a, like a head demon communicating with the smaller demon. And the smaller demon's been assigned to this man's life to try to get him to hell. The demon's whole job is to bring this guy to hell. And so the, old, the higher ranking demon's giving him advice, like this is what you do, this is what you do. And he said, you know, they said, he said for us, our whole goal is to get him away from the enemy. They call God the enemy, right? This is the demon talking. Our whole goal is to separate him from the enemy. He said, murder doesn't matter if cards or gambling will do the trick. Actually, gambling is better if it'll do the trick better. And so you have to think that we look at sins like murder, and obviously murder is terrible, but ultimately, whatever will separate you from God is terrible. If, the, if, if God has to use a bad girlfriend, excuse me, not God, if the devil has to use a bad girlfriend, if the devil has to use uh, alcohol, if the devil has to use an app on your phone, if the devil has to use, you know, a website, if the de- whatever it is the devil has to use that will dr- that'll harden your heart. I said this today in Bible school when I was teaching. I said, sin doesn't change. When you're a Christian, and you sin, it doesn't change. God, when you sin, God doesn't turn his back on you. He's waiting for you to call out to him in mercy, according to Hebrews 4, 16 or four twelve. Come unto the throne of grace to receive mercy, right? Come boldly. So sin doesn't change the, God's heart towards you. Chain, sin changes your heart towards God. Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4 talk about how, um, Hebrews three twelve and three thirteen talk about how uh, your heart can be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And those whose hearts have hardened will depart from the living God, Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. So sin changed the way you think about God. When you harbor sin in your heart, when you harbor it in your heart, when you continue in sin, when you allow sin in your life and you're not quick to repent and you don't really want to get over it. There's people who struggle with things, but with all their heart, they want to get past it. And the power of God comes and meets people for the, meets those people. But then there's people who just allow stuff and they fill their thoughts with these things. And you have to decide, I'm not letting my mind rule me. I'm going to rule my mind. But God gives you praying in tongues to get you out of the mental realm and into your spirit, to stir yourself up. You have faith on the inside of you, but sometimes you need to be stirred up into a place of faith. 
Stir yourself up. It's a weapon that God has given you. If you're, if you're discouraged, stir yourself up. Begin to meditate in the Word. Stir yourself up and pray the Scriptures. Father, I thank you that you said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You said, rejoice in the Lord always. Lord, you said, you never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, you're working out my problems. Lord, you're working it out for me. Usually depression begins because people are so self-conscious. They're, they've got their eyes fixed on them. Christianity, listen, Christianity is not about you. It's about God. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, that's what Christianity is. When you fix your eyes on the mission, when you've got your eyes fixed on yourself and you're self-examining, that's where the devil will get you in discouragement. It's because you're constantly looking at yourself. But if your eyes are on Jesus Christ, if your eyes are on souls, if your eyes are on the mission, and you say, I want to guarantee, if you feel like you say, man, I've been, I've been depressed, take a week, download the gospel soul winning script. If you're not local here in Florida, download the gospel soul winning script on revival.com and go win souls. Set your goal. I'm going to go win 20, 30 souls and just make it your goal for a week every day to go win souls and watch that depression break. Why? Because your, your focus then is on, is on not on yourself. Lord, this is about you. Spend time during the day in praise, in worship. Lord, I'm setting my eyes on you. God has given you things that will pull you out of your natural self, pull you out of your natural thinking. Start with your spirit and say, mind, I'm not letting you think whatever you want to think. I'm thinking the thoughts of God. The Bible says that I'm going to prosper in everything I do. So I'm thinking thoughts of abundance. 2020 is going to be the most prosperous year that I have. It's going to be the best year that I have. Guarding your heart is important. What you think settles down into your heart. So if you're, if you're considering sin in your life, I didn't even mean to head in this direction, but somebody needs to hear this. If you're considering sin in your life, if you've got this thing in the back of your head of like, oh, you know, I could go back and hook up with this person. If you're letting those things linger, you have to denounce those things. You have to bring them out. The devil wants to fight in the dark. He wants to fight in the realm of your thoughts and your secrets. Bring it out. Be, be accountable to somebody. Find someone in authority and be accountable and say, this is what I'm struggling with, but I need help. I, Lord, send, Lord, help me. Go to a, a, a pastor. Go to someone that's over you and say, this is what I need help with. I can't mess around with this. Those things will make you return to where you came from, but in a worse condition. Why? Because your heart will be hardened towards God. It's like a slow leak in a tire. Your heart will be hardened. It'll be harder to then get back to where you were with the Lord. Because of that, because of the slow leak where you allowed it, where you should have been serving God, should have been doing the right thing, and you were kind of on the outside serving God, but allowing these thoughts to come. It'll be harder to get back because you weren't honest with God the whole time. Be honest with God. But God gives us our prayer life. God gives us praying in tongues. God gives us the word. God gives us preaching. I know you're listening to a podcast, so I'm preaching to the choir here. But listen to preaching. Listen to anointed preaching. Fill your heart with the word. Be studying the word. Be people who study the word of God. What are you studying in the word right now? What are you studying? Are you studying righteousness? Are you studying giving? Are you stu- what are you studying? You should be studying something. What's the Lord been talking to you about in your heart? What's been going over in your heart? You know, this is how we advance. This is the weapons of our warfare. This is what God has given us to pull us out of the place 
where we're discouraged, to put us out of the place where we're just like every day, just going, just going about our business and doing whatever, and never in a place of moving forward in our faith. You should be in a place of expectation. Faith has a tangible expectation to it. I expect good from the hand of God today. I expect breakthrough. I expect when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. I expect it to happen. Even right now, lift your hands. If you've got any infirmity in your body, it's going to go right now in Jesus' name. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I take authority over a spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus, come out in Jesus' name. Infirmity, go. Healing, spring forth in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. By his stripes, you have been healed. I take authority over infirmity. I break your power right now. Go never to return. Healed. Now do what you couldn't do. Healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Do what you couldn't do. You'll see it's different. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. If you got a testimony, I want to hear it. And we'll see you on the next podcast.